It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Welcome aboard. June 25th is the golf outing you need to go to GetStuckOnSports.com. Go to the tab that says Golf Outing. Get yourself a team in the event. You won't regret it because we do cool stuff there. Uh, and you'll meet cool people like Brady Beaton. Well, you wasted no time with the shameless plug. Now that that's out of the way, um, it was a interesting start of the week. A big week for a lot of teams. Um, some teams did really well. Marine City in both baseball and softball. Some teams struggled a bit. St. Clair, both baseball and softball. Uh, the Saints, yeah. We'll talk about their, their struggles in baseball. Um, Marysville's getting back on the right track, it seems, softball-wise, coming down the stretch of the season. But we have at least one champion crowned, and we have some other teams that are still within arm's length. And the BWAC races, as muddled up as they were for the majority of the season, seem to have come through the fog, and we have two, a clear front runner in both leagues. Yeah, although there's still a chance there is that softball can get messed up again. I mean, there's a chance in baseball, too. However, there is a significant, I guess not a huge, but the way it's been, a significant divide between one and two now that you would need something that is, I'd say, unlikely to happen for either uh, baseball or softball to have a different champion than we expect. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we're going to start with baseball uh, today, and we'll get that rolling in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and closures, building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty. Small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. If your windows stick, (laughs) slip, (laughs) squeak, or leak, 
Replace them with Anderson windows with low E glass, low maintenance exteriors, and rich wood interiors, standard and custom sizes. They can turn simple window replacement into serious home improvement. Ah. Hi, Chip Mortimer here, inviting you to experience the difference at Mortimer Lumber. Our expert staff will be here to help before, during, and after the sale. Stop by Mortimer Lumber, 24th and Lapeer Avenue in Brady Port Huron. Brady here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. They're already impressive selection has now doubled i guarantee if you go into tp logos you will find something you love for your local team if they don't have what you like they'll custom make something just for you that's tp logos at 901 michigan avenue in marysville take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low rate home equity line of credit from advia credit union use the cash for seasonal spending consolidating high interest debt and much more Learn more and get started online at advscu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Dura Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Dura Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Dura Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. 44 Duraclean by Bachelor. Magnet International would like to thank the Blue Water area for welcoming us into their community. We are excited to put our roots down in this beautiful, growing area. As the largest auto supplier in North America, we are thrilled to call Blue Water area home and look forward to many, many years in this wonderful community. Our brand new facility is located off of Range Road in St. Clair, Michigan. Magna is a proud sponsor of Blue Water area high school athletics. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMorrin Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810-987-6400, extension 132. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. You're back with Dennis and uh, Brady. We start with uh, baseball today. What we hoped would be a big series for St. Clair baseball has turned into a big series for Anchor Bay baseball. Yes, and St. Clair's had chances 
in both these games. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, I spent Monday at Anchor Bay. I spent Tuesday at St. Clair for a Mac White series where both teams are trying to catch Gross Point North. And St. Clair, in both games, started off unbelievable. First game against Anchor Bay. Logan Ellis comes up, jumps on the first pitch he sees, leadoff single. Jared Cramp, single. Brendan Cole walk, bases loaded, nobody out. Eli Lore puts a safety squeeze down, throw to first goes wild. It's 2-0 before an out's been recorded in the top of the first. And then the turning point of the game happened in the top of the first, if you can believe it or not. Luke Ellis comes up. He hits a frozen rope into right center. Anchor Bay center fielder, Drew Shornak, on the run, lunges out, catches it, tumbles end over end, and gets the out. So it, instead of it being a bases clearing double, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> I still had some peanut M&M in my throat. <laughs> um, instead of it being a bases clearing double and making it 4 nothing, they get the out, and on the throw in, they appeal to third, and the home plate umpire Calls Brendan Cole out saying he left early. I did not see the play. I cannot tell you if he did or did not. I just know that that is a call that almost is never called. And I don't know why he would have left early. Because there was 0% chance that he was getting thrown out at the plate. Because there was a diving catch in right center. You're not getting up and throwing out anybody, let alone a fast kid like Brendan Cole. So now... It's no, there's a one runner on with two away, and it's two nothing. And instead of it being four nothing with probably a runner on second, maybe third, depending on how far the ball goes by him, Anchor Bay gets out of the inning and they settle down. And then in the bottom of the third, they finally get to Jacob Turner uh, a single, a few hit batters, a walk, a couple of walks, and an error. Push across four runs, Anchor Bay, just one hit to get four runs in. Yeah, that's an ugly inning when when you're walking guys, hitting guys, kicking the ball around. Yeah, it was. And a box scored a run as well. It's It was tough. So Anchor Bay takes the lead. St. Clair gets it back in the top of the fifth. They get two runs across on an Eli Lord double, and an error pushes in another run. So 5-4, you're back on top. You've regained cabin pressure. And then Anchor Bay jumps back on top of you in the bottom of the same inning. Starts with Drew Shornak reaching with an error. Then John Sowards, a RBI double. Liam Carey, a RBI single. Uh, the, the courtesy runner for him would later come around to score. And it was, yeah, it just got away from St. Clair. It's now 7-5. to five. They add two more in the bottom of the sixth. And that was it for St. Clair. They had a big lead early in the game, and you felt good. But I'm telling you what, that first inning gets away from Anchor Bay if Drew Shornak doesn't make that play. He made another play in the right center gap in the fourth or fifth inning that took away extra bases from someone as well. And that was the biggest thing. And as I mentioned, errors, walks, game got away from St. Clair, and it was a winnable game that, they just couldn't capitalize in the big moments. So they fall 9-5 uh, in uh, that one. 
And uh, Cole with a hit, two walks, stolen base, run scored. Lore had the uh, double, two RBIs, and a run score. But Cole with apparently the base running blunder. But again, hard to say because you didn't see it. I can't say one way or another. Again, the only way I could have imagined it going is he thought it was getting down and he started to leave early, but you know how much they preach the little things. They're going to say, wait, 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 okay, go. Like, giving them time. I just, and that's a call that you, again, you never see. How many times in a season do you see them appeal a tag up at third and the umpire just goes safe yeah well that that makes again that makes me feel like he did do something that was fairly obvious because it, it usually has to be right for them to make that call i mean I, the st Clair coaches obviously thought that that wasn't the case but it was so nondescript that i didn't it took me a while for me to realize he was called out at third yeah, I well, I mean, I had the one Saturday in the softball where I tried to figure out what was going on. I know an out had been called. Yes. Uh, I found out later on that it was a different – they called the runner out at first and sent everybody else back a base. But And then I had a, a goofy one yesterday that we can talk about too. Right. Uh, and, and just because I like saying Ty Finkbeiner, he had two hits. Yeah. No, Anchor Bay has a, a studded lineup. That middle of the order is as dangerous as any middle of the order. Uh, Liam Carey might have one of the prettiest swings you'll see all year long. He looks like a grown man in the right-handed batter's box. Uh, I'm just going to go to Tuesday just to talk about the second game yep. in this series, and then we can go back and talk about the BWAC games back on Monday. But same thing happened. In game two that game one happened, it was Ty Finkbeiner versus Carl Hurlbert. And Carter Hurlbert goes one, two, three in the top of the first. And then first batter, Logan Ellis, puts a frozen rope into left center. Drew Shornack on the run. His eyes get big. He knew what he did yesterday. Dives for it under the glove all the way to the wall. <laughs> Lead off triple for Logan Ellis. What does Jared Cramp do? It's a big... Uh, line drive, fly ball to left center. And I don't know if Drew Shornak read it wrong off the bat or what, but he started to come in, and as he tried to stop to go back, he lost his balance and fell down. And it's a double for Jared Cramp, drives in a run, Brendan Cole with an RBI single. So it's three straight hits to start the game for St. Clair. They're up 2 nothing. Then Ty Finkbeiner gets Lore to fly out, Luke Ellis to ground out, Peyton Ellis strikes out. He settles down after three straight hits to start the game. He'd retire the next seven batters he faces until the third when St. Clair added two more runs, Jared Cramp and Brendan Cole. Again, back-to-back singles, Eli Lohr with an RBI, and another run scores on an error. 4 nothing Anchor Bay. Carter Hurlbert is cruising. Through the first almost two times through the lineup, he had only given up one hit. It wasn't until the fifth inning, excuse me, the the top of the sixth inning that the game got away from him. So up until the sixth, he had thrown five innings of one hit, one or two runner baseball. Runner got on an error and a runner got on on a hit. That was it. And then a single, an error, which was a tough play. You like to see your first baseman make the the pick at first. It, I could see how you would score to hit. It was a tough play, but a 
I thought, a makeable play. A pop-up to right field that three Saints came in on, and the one who called it misread it, and it landed about 10 feet from him. And that's a single. And then Drew Shornack hits, Ty Shornack hits, Liam Carey gets a big hit. Kyle Osinkowski drives in two. And after cruising and being up 4-0 all game, it's 5-4 Anchor Bay. And the St. Clair just couldn't answer. Styles Huckel comes in. And after Ty Finkbeiner, who's a tall righty, throws hard, nice young player, Huckel was the opposite. It's, how, it's similar to how St. Clair does it with Turner and Piper Zach where it's a hard thrower and then kind of a junk baller, yep. slower, more finesse pitcher, gets a walks the first batter, then gets a double play and gets a line out, a great jumping play by Ty Shornack at second. He elevated as high as he could to make the play. Anchor Bay added another run in the top of the seventh, and St. Clair got the, go, or the tying run to the plate with two away with a Logan Ellis walk, but Huckel was able to strike out Cramp to end the game, and they take game two, six to four, on two come-from-behind victories that St. Clair's kind of kicking themselves about, knowing that just a couple plays here or there in big moments, and they're leading the series 2-0. Yeah, the, the, this is tough for the Saints because it, it kind of puts them out of the race. It does. I mean, we're trying to do the math, yeah. They're two and a half back. And there's only, well, I guess technically one and a half games left because St. Clair has one and Gross Point North has two, but one's against Anchor Bay if it's needed. So St. Clair out of the Mac White race uh, in the final series. And it hurts because they had three different leads in the two games. And the leads were 3 nothing and 4 to nothing. Those aren't insignificant leads. And one inning... Not a lot went wrong, but enough that if you give Anchor Bay an inch, they're going to take the mile, and that's why they have a chance. If Anchor Bay can sweep St. Clair, they will get a one-game shot at Gross Point North, a makeup game for a chance to at least share the Mac White. All right, well, uh, I guess I'm going to say good luck to the Tars. Right, because St. Clair, the only one uh, is, like we said, now eliminated, and that's a tough way to like I said, very winnable games and a little frustration and understandable. I mean, you, you had the lead, not in just the first inning. The, the 3-0 lead was lost in the third inning in game one. And the 4-0 lead, that was the score until the top of the sixth. And, you're, and I think I started off the sixth by saying, Anchor Bay's running out of outs. And then they didn't need many more. Six runs in two innings. Not what you think about when you get Saints pitching. Yeah. The rest of the baseball story... Jumping back to Monday is pitching, 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 pitching. Algonac won, North Branch nothing. Josh Kasner outduels Brant Primo. Kasner, seven innings pitched, one hit, one walk. How about 15 punch outs? Which the fact that you go the full seven innings with 15 Ks, because those up your pitch count. Usually when you see seven innings, you'll have – a handful of strikeouts, but you get a lot of first pitch swinging early in the count, ground balls, fly balls to keep the pitch count down. Doesn't matter, 15 Ks, and he has just gained in power as the season's gone on. Yeah. Uh, Primo goes six, only gave up three hits, the one run. He did walk five, struck out one. Crosslex beats Imlay City seven to nothing. Nick Monzo with the complete game. One hit, one walk. He strikes out a dozen. 
<laughs> That's how about Cross Lex? I know Emily City's been struggling and we've documented it, but Pioneers have really started to turn this season around a bit. The young guys coming into form. We talk about it in every sport. By the end of whatever season you're in, you expect your sophomores to play like juniors, your juniors to play like seniors, and just the young guys to know what it's about. They're veterans now, and it seems like Crosslex has been growing up pretty quickly. Richmond blanks Elmont four nothing. Hudson Davenport the complete game. Has one he given hitter. up a earned run in BWAC play? I, I I don't know. One hit didn't walk anybody. Struck out seven. Got help from Trey Taylor. Trey Taylor heating up because you know that's what Richmond needs is another guy hitting. Uh, he had a, a double, drove in a couple of runs, scored a run. The other BWAC game. Well, wait, real quick before you get to that, how about Elmont holding them to just four runs? That's the silver lining is. I believe Hunsicker threw in this game. Yeah. And yeah, you lose four nothing, but that's a lineup that can put up fourteen like that and take game they lose game one, but your pitching and your fielding did enough to keep you in the game. Uh Caden Kovach was the was the slacker in the BWAC. Uh he goes seven, gives up a, a run on three hits. He did walk seven, so he had to pitch out of uh, some traffic. Struck out three. Yale beat Armada six to two. Kyle Wofford with two hits in RBI. Uh, Connor Jakubiak had uh, two hits, including a double, scored a couple of runs. James Taylor Barr with a hit, an RBI, and a run scored. And Jeff Mason had a couple of hits, including a double. He knocked in two runs in the uh, game. And when one other baseball uh, pitching performance from Monday, your man Curtis Stanley throws the no-hitter as Brown City beats Marlette one to nothing. So Stanley no hits a Marlette lineup. That's a good hitting lineup. He struck out nine in the game uh, and allowed just two walks. Yeah. How about that for a Monday of pitching? Crazy what happens when you can actually feel the ball and get a grip on it and you're pitching in not 30-degree weather. <laughs> That does make a, a big uh, difference. Uh, more baseball from yesterday. Marysville all over Port here in high. 17 to nothing. The Vikings uh, win uh, uh, game one of that uh, series. The dam finally broke. Yeah. The dam finally broke. And Marysville, once they got going, there was a fight at the bat rack. And they're saying, we are finally putting it all together. Get me up. Get big hits. I want hits. And it started off with a big way. Tell them about it. Yeah, Porter Case leads off with a home run to get it. And again, we were talking about it. It's got to be down either the right field line or the left field line at PH because the rest of that ballpark is cavernous. Yeah, you have, what would you say, 15 to 20 feet of legitimate home run chance, and anything after that has to be a hell of a poke Yeah, because it goes out at what, like a 60-degree angle? basically to the practice field or the track in left. and It's, it's a crazy configuration. The, the fence is not meant for a ballpark. It's meant to just block off yeah. the other parts of the, the sports complex. John Herdeby's a couple of hits, drove in three runs. Cole Bowman, three hits, two of them doubles. He had four RBIs. He's been uh, hitting a little better as of late, and they need a guy like that that has the extra base pop that can find the gap and move runners around. Now... Let's keep it going. I know you beat PH. Hey, now you take your first series of the year. Yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson, two hits, Winston. two RBIs. Winston, sorry, yeah. Yeah, um, that's the, you, that was the uh, quarterback for the New York Jets. Yep. Uh, Northern <laughs> edges Lakeview, two to one. This is a big win for the Huskies. 
and they get a big performance from Owen Johnson, who goes six, gives up just three hits, four walks, strikes out five. Uh, Derek Ruiz comes in to uh, close and gets another save. Like He's a legit closer for Northern. Right, and I wanted to ask you about that because you rarely, rarely see a guy be a bullpen-only guy, but Derek Ruiz comes in, and Nate Manis trusts him that I'm going to give you the ball, and you're going to need 10 to 15 pitches. You're going to see at most four batters, and we're going to get out of this game. What do you think when you see that, that you know the seventh inning's coming? Sometimes they may stretch him to the sixth, but that Derek Ruiz is a legitimate closer for Northern. I, I think it's a weapon as long as you can get the leads. And obviously, the other thing is it shows you how much Coach Manis believes in his other kids that start for him because Ruiz arguably could be their best starter if that's the role they wanted to use him in. Yeah, I mean, you have Johnson, Bloink, and then if Presner when he's healthy, or last week we saw Nick Schrader throw a gem. So those are four guys that you can hand the ball to and say, go on the mound, give me five innings, and you'll get it from him. And then Ruiz has the lead late, and he's getting into the groove where mentally he knows, all right, I have the seventh. Let me go in and shut it down. And in a 2-1 game against Lakeview where your Mac Blue title hopes rest on every single game, every single inning, and he needs 11 pitches to get 1-2-3 in the yeah, with a, bottom with, of the with a couple of strikeouts. Yeah. And, of course, they're led offensively by a hockey player. Jacob Kerrigan, two hits, a walk, scored twice, and uh, Ruiz added a hit in an RBI. That's a big win for uh, Northern. Uh Speaking of big wins, Marine City beats Lamphere ten to two. Brady Mac Gold champions. You want to give them a, a round of applause? Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, we have we have drops now that you can't edit, but we have four <laughs> drops that came pre-made on our mixer. So, round of applause for Marine City, hey. our first our first conference champions <laughs> of the twenty twenty two spring season. They do it in dominating fashion, too. Yeah. Ten to two over Lamphere. That that was the road game too. They they went yeah. down to Lamphere, uh, and I'm just going to call him Nolan Triple Wrath, right? <laughs> he has what like three triples in a week, something like. He had I think two on Friday or Thursday or Friday, whenever their let, last let, game was. He hold hit on. two. Let me control f this real yeah. quick. And, and, and one of his uh, and one of his uh, three hits uh, yesterday was a uh, triple, driving yeah in, uh, Friday a against St. Clair. Two hits, three tri- or two hits, both triples, four RBIs. <laughs> so in his last two games, he has five hits, three triples, six RBIs. Not bad. Not bad at all. And a new trophy to go in the trophy case, Matt Gold Champs. Yeah. Parker Atkinson, a couple of hits, drove in a couple, and Wyatt Walker uh, was solid on the mound. Scattered six hits, three walks, gave up just the two runs and struck out five. And, again, uh, congratulations. See, Coach Letson wins more than just football games. <laughs> yeah, not a bad year uh, for the for the mantle at the Letson house. Yeah, no, a, a state championship appearance in football. Uh, so let's see what they the, had, the a league, four, league the title, league conclusion. district title, title regional title. title. And then a finalist trophy. Finalist and trophy. And a Matt Gold mm. trophy. Now, let me ask you this, Dennis. Would you rather win the regular season title 
or the tournament title that the Matt Gold's experimenting with. See, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to feel about this tournament yet because I haven't seen one. I don't know, right? Like, what it's going to entail. Are they just taking the top four in the gold, or does the top two get a buy and then three through six? I, I kind of have the play in. Yeah, I, I just feel like a regular season title would be more meaningful because you play more games to get there. Right, but also the tr- the tournament kind of has the, well, we got the last laugh kind of thing. So if Marine City sweeps Lanphier but then loses to Lanphier in the tournament, you kind of go, oh, season ended on a sour note, yeah. even though you're you, Matt you still Gold got champ. districts after that. So Yeah, they're districts. <laughs> yeah, they're districts. But, I mean, it's there's still something tough. to play for, so I don't know. I just want to remind people. I'll get people, more into the tournament when I see a couple of them, I think. That next the let's remind everyone of their district has Richmond, St. Clair. I could stop right there, but Armada, who's what top Solid, two, yeah. three in the BWAC, and Marine City, who just won the Matt Gold. So you're going to have the likely BWAC champ, the light the Matt Gold champ, Mac White second or third, BWAC second or third in that district. Oh yeah, and Marysville, who has the arms to just make things messy. Yeah. Just to, to kind of throw a chink into things and make you pay attention. Uh, Cardinal Mooney beat Lakeshore 8-5 to five in our final uh, baseball uh, score. Uh, Trent Rice was uh, loafing three hits, a double, two triples, three RBIs, three runs, a stolen base. I wish he would do something. <laughs> Here, let me do this. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're getting out of control with those. Um, Avery Broll, a double in RBI. Ryan Trombley, a hit in an RBI. And something I don't think we've talked about. Did we mention it on our show that Mike Rice will be coaching in Utica as well this summer in the USPBL? No, we haven't talked about, about this the, yet. Yes, we've talked about it only off the air. This, this announcement came like a week and a half ago, so we're way behind the times on that. But congratulations to him. He, he now gets to try out at the professional level, show off his coaching prowess. So he, had, he said, well, I'll start coaching around the schedule in high school, and then when my season's done, I'll go there. So I go, oh, so June 18th, the, after that you'll go, which is the state finals. Yeah. Just Because, you know, he loves when we put expectations on Mooney. They, they, they all do. Yes. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. No, well, so I'll, I say to every coach that goes, ah, you said we were going to be so good. I go, then don't be so damn good, and I won't say nice things about yeah. you, and you can fly under the radar. Exactly. So, sorry, Crosslex basketball. You win like 50 games in two years. I'm going to put a little expectation. <laughs> sorry, Mooney. You go to a state final in baseball. I'm going to put a little pressure on you with some expectations, Absolutely. especially when you bring basically the whole damn team back. Yeah, yeah, and especially when you've got uh, Trent Rice. Um, boy, I wish that kid would do something. Yeah, right? Why not three triples? <laughs> yeah, why not three triples? Slacker. Well, you you can't, can't get an inside-the-park home yeah, run? Yeah, can't put one over the fence. I did see an inside-the-park home run in softball this week, and we'll get to that uh, in just a moment. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. 
open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Marshall Campbell Company, located in Port Huron, is a full-line distributor of industrial cutting tools, fluid power, electrical tools, and other electrical supplies, providing utility and contract-based services for more than 100 years. The company has a wide range of products that includes abrasives, automotives, ballast and lamps, boxes and building products, chemicals and lubricants, electrical fittings and equipment, janitorial equipment, wire devices, and tapes and safety products. Marshall E. Campbell Company, located at 2975 Lapeer Road, or call them at 800-250-7520. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. What passions do you want to pursue next in life? Do you want to be a sculptor, a volunteer, teach your grandkids to fish? Your Ameriprise financial advisor, Dave Betts, can help you plan for the life you want today and well into the future. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Dave Betts at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA and SIPC. Take advantage of high market values by tapping into your home's equity with a low-rate home equity line of credit from Advia Credit Union. Use the cash for seasonal spending, consolidating high-interest debt, and much more. Learn more and get started online at adviacu.org forward slash HELOC. All loans subject to approval. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS number 401863. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. 
The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron school's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron schools. Looking for a new career? Magna International could be the place for you. Located in St. Clair off Range Road, Magna was named one of Forbes 2020 World's Best Employers. Magna is currently hiring a multitude of positions and offers a great work environment with competitive pay. Wages start $17 and up. Apply for jobs at magna.com forward slash careers. Again, magna.com forward slash careers. Get a fresh start with Magna International today. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Over the last two days, actually over the more than that, going back to uh, last uh, last week, Friday, I've seen a lot of Al- – first I saw a lot of Marysville softball. Now I'm seeing a lot of Algonac uh, well, softball. Part of that was because they were the only – show in town on Saturday, and the other part was because Almont and Richmond wanted to move their doubleheader. Yeah, they moved theirs to, to Monday, so I went and uh, saw Algonac uh, North Branch yesterday, but it started on Monday because this game got uh, added on, too, and when we heard about that, well, Algonac St. Clair, got to see this. Yeah, These are two of the, the best softball teams going in the uh, area right now. The first 23 hitters of the game on Monday Went two for 23 with nine strikeouts as Kenna Bomarito and Claire Borg were dealing. Pop up to first, strikeout, pop up to short. Ground ball to first, strikeout, ground ball to second. Strikeout, double, strikeout, strikeout. Single, wild pitch, stolen base, strikeout, strikeout, ground out. Then <laughs> ground out, strikeout, pop out, pop out, fly out, ground out, strikeout, ground out, ground out. And then the bottom of the fourth happened. And this is what Algonac does to people. So what's the score when this? It, it, it's nothing, nothing, right. and nobody can touch anything at this point. Uh, and all of a sudden, it's six to nothing. Like it, it. First off, to play three and a half innings, it took about twenty minutes, and then in about eight minutes, it was six to nothing. It, it just huh. it, it happens that quickly with them. They get a single. Then there's a, 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 and it was a ball off the end of the bat that popped over the circle. Nobody could catch it. It drops between the pitcher and the second baseman, and it's a hit. Um, then Ella Stevenson comes up, strafes a missile to right field that Aaron Saros goes to her knees to catch. Hardest hit ball probably in the game, and it's an out. That's how, that's how the game works. Then, then Vossler is just trying to advance the runner with with a bunt, and they don't get an out on, on the play. There's no error. They just don't get an out on the play. Just a nice bunt. And now you've got second and third, and J.C. Reams comes up. She hits a sinking line drive to center. Savannah Clark has two options. Play it on the bounce for a single that's going to score a run, maybe two, but you'll have a chance to throw to the plate. Or do what she did, dive head first and try to make a spectacular catch and keep the pitcher's duel going. Well, she dove, 
And the ball bounced in front of her, over her body, all the way out to the fence. And by the time either of the other two outfielders got to it, Reams was around the bases, a three-run inside the park home run, and everything changed at that moment. Then all of a sudden, single, double, single, triple, and it's six to nothing. Wow. Um, and then they add a run uh, without uh, really doing anything in the uh, the fifth inning to make it seven nothing. First batter reached on an error, a second error uh, on a stolen base, got him over to third, and they score on a ground ball. Uh, and then they do some more hitting in the uh, the sixth to walk the game off with three runs. And and a pitcher's duel halfway through the game, Brady, turns into a 10 nothing mercy yeah, for Algonac. I didn't expect either side to mercy. I would have been surprised if like five total runs were scored in the game. But, yeah, I didn't see a 10 nothing mercy coming. The, I'm, seriously, I'm going into the bottom of the fourth going, wow. We're gonna we're gonna have like a one nothing game here, and we you know neither of these pitchers is giving an inch. Right, someone might run into one, and the solo shot might be the only run that comes across the score. But Algonac flexed their muscle wow. again. Kenna Bomarino, six innings, no runs, one hit, no walks, nine strikeouts in a six inning game. Uh, that's eighteen outs. She faced nineteen hitters. Wow. And, and again, we're talking about a St. Clair lineup. This is their Maddie Cole, Hadley Schwartz, Julia Schweighoffer, Claire Borg, Aaron Saros, Laney Pavlo, Ashlyn Zimmer, Peyton Malcolm, Savannah Clark. That was their lineup on Monday. So Avery Paul wasn't playing, but that lineup. I mean, yeah, you take a big bat out of it, but. It's not a it's not a one bat show. No, yeah. that's I, I just named you nine kids that can hit the ball yes. hard, yes. hard that we've seen hit the ball hard. Uh, so at any rate, uh, twelve hits in the end by uh, Algonac, and again they had one hit through the first three innings, so they had eleven hits in their last three at bats. Wow! Um, so they win that one by a score of uh, ten to nothing. We'll get more Algonac in a moment because they played two yesterday. But the other scores from uh, Monday: Lance Cruz beat Northern twelve to one. Uh, Marissa Ramo did have two hits and score a run for the uh, or twelve to three. Excuse me. I was scored, wondering where you got scored a run for the uh, Huskies. From. I was looking at the score below it. Uh, Shannon Falco had three hits and drove in a run, and Madison Ramo had three hits and drove in a couple. And so, Marysville well, kept the bats going. Well, for Northern, you have yeah, you lose again. But all the names we just read are all freshmen. Yep. And they're all being said more and more often. And, yeah, just like the bat, these are the same names we said in basketball that we say it again, this is the learning process. These are the bumps in the road you take in when you go very young with your team. But, yeah, Marysville, they've started to figure it out a bit. They win both games of a doubleheader against Chippewa Valley First game, they absolutely dominate 14 to 1 over the not our big reds. <laughs> the other big reds. Yeah, Brandy Bass, two hits, an RBI, two runs scored. Avery Walters, two hits, an RBI, a run scored. Caitlin Kane, two hits, a double, three RBIs, three runs scored. Lexi Perrin, two hits, a double, two RBIs, a run scored. Megan Lenarski, two hits, an RBI, a walk, and a holes, a home run that drove in two, and a run scored. That's a way to just put your foot on the throat. That's a vintage Marysville win. 
Absolutely. And then uh, more hitting in game two, uh, closer game, 12 to 10. So this is more like that Utica series that I, that I saw. Yeah. Uh, but Emma Curtis with two hits, knocks in a couple, draws a walk, scores two runs, steals two bases. Bassett with two more hits, two more RBIs. Megan Winston, a four-hit game. She triples and drives in a run. Three more hits for Caitlin Kane and two RBIs. Kara Miller with two hits, an RBI, a walk, two runs scored, and I think she knocked down a couple of three-pointers. And uh, Jade Schiller had three hits, two of them doubles, a walk, and two runs scored. Um, and this is something that I'm liking, too, with Marysville, is we're starting to talk about kids like Jade Schiller. Um, we're talking about Callista Nagan. Um, these are the new names that are getting a chance to play for this team and that are doing well. Even Emma Curtis was in a new role this year. And, yeah, you brought up a point I wanted to talk about. Marysville had – you knew what their one through about six would be. With Wes Miller out, it's now two through six until she comes back, if she comes back. And the problem is figuring out seven through nine, and that's not a problem in who the heck are we going to get to put there. It's You have about five or six girls that all have very similar skill sets that are all capable – and you're trying to find which one differentiates the other. I mean, it, like you said, every time we seem like we're reading a new name, whether it's Jade Schiller, Brooklyn Evans, or, or Callista Nagin and Emma Curtis down there, you're trying to figure out Kara Miller, and like you said, two hits in an RBI. Just trying to find out who's going to round out that bottom of the order for Marysville. Yeah, uh, they uh, won yesterday over Stevenson six to one. So that's uh, three in a row, and I think six out of eight that they've won now. Uh, Nagan had a hit in an RBI. Bassett two RBIs. Lexi Perrin is another name. Yep, she is starting to really hit the ball. Two more hits in RBI. Curtis had a double in RBI and a run scored. Uh, and on the mound, Bassett was solid, uh, scattering four hits, one run, two walks. Five strikeouts uh, in seven innings of work. Again, she's not going to overpower anybody, Brady, but she throws strikes, pitches to contact, and when Marysville catches the ball, she's a very effective pitcher. And that's a nice bounce back because she got roughed up in game two against Chippewa Valley in the comeback, and for Ryan Ratchie to give her the ball in a league game and say, no, you're fine, you got this, and throw a one-run performance, only give up four hits, that's a really, really nice bounce back. Um, come from behind win for Marine City. Let's let's do this one big, before we talk about BWAC. Big come from behind win for the Mariners. They were trailing Lance Cruz 6-2 to two going into the seventh. They win it in eight innings, 7-6, to six, and that's huge when it comes to Mac Blue standings, and we'll talk about it after we go over the stat line, Dennis. Yeah, some big performance. Jade Blanchard, two hits, doubled, RBI, a walk, two runs scored. Mackenzie Laboon with a double, knocking in two runs and scoring a run in the comeback win. Yes, and five errors for both sides, so they both kicked it around a bit, but the big reason why that comeback win is so huge is... Frazier loses to Cousin 05-3. That drops Frazier to 8-2 in league play. Marine City's 9-1. Marine City plays Frazier Thursday in Marine City, and a win for the Mariners gives them the outright Mac Blue title. 
and uh, we're going to go there. Yes. Because why wouldn't we? We're calling the audible, <laughs> and chance for a league title outright. Um, if they lose, they will likely split um, as long as they win their last game. And, yeah, Marine City has a chance to win a league title in both baseball and softball. And I think I asked this question last week. When was the last time that happened uh, you in know, Marine City? And, and I really don't know. Uh, softball has been a little better than baseball. Recently. Yeah. So, But it's still to win a league title in both. I mean, you see how grueling it is, and especially since the MAC. Well, this year in the MAC, gold's different. But when the MAC went to three game series against your opponents, that really changed things up. And yeah, I'm uh, I'm curious to see how far back you'd have to go to see twin league titles in the spring. Yeah, Ryan right. City has a chance to do that on Thursday. All right, uh, let's go to the BWAC now. I was again in Algonac, doubleheader, North Branch, Algonac. Mm, kind of what I expected happened, but not in the ways that I expected it. So North Branch takes game one. The final is eight to six, but folks, this was eight to nothing going into the bottom of the seventh. Yeah, I just kept seeing updates. I'm like, North Branch, like North Branch adds another. North Branch adds two, and I'm going. This is backwards. They had 14 hits against Kennebaugh Marito. Which you go, oh, wow, but what you said to me pre-show, what did they do against Katie Shoeboy? 13 hits in the second game of that doubleheader. So and, they and, can hit quality pitching. Yeah, yeah, they've got some bats. So they loaded the bases with one out in the top of the first, and Bomarito got out of it with a 6-4-3 double play, and you're thinking, okay, that was North Branch's chance. They blew it, and now Bomarito is going to cruise. Not the case. After she got the first two hitters out easily to start the second, the number eight hitter, Hannah Carmack, homered to left against the wind. It was a blast uh, to make it one to nothing, and the entire North Branch bench came to life. And and they didn't stop for the next five innings. They got one in the second on the home run, two in the third, one in the fourth, two in the fifth, two in the sixth. That it, doesn't happen to Algonac, and it doesn't happen to Kennebaugh Marito. Um, and and it was it was an eight nothing ball game. Macy Bug had two hits, including a double, scored a run. Alana Deshetsky got on four times. Had three hits, scored two runs, drove in a, a run. Bickle, Natasha Bickle, two hits, drove in three runs, got on base three times, scored a run. Um, you had uh, Carmack got three hits, including that home run. She drove in three runs. She had a big two-run single later uh, in the game. Brooklyn Franklin, the number nine hitter with two hits, scored a run uh, in that one. So they cruised and threw six innings, Dushetsky was untouchable against that Algonac lineup. She allowed just two hits and only four base runners. Um, and one of those got on on an error. She hit two batters. She had 11 strikeouts through six innings. But I said, because in, uh, in the top of the seventh, the leadoff hitter got on for North Branch, and yeah. they tried to bunt her over. 
And it's like, you know, in an 8 nothing game in the 7th, you don't usually see that. But I, I commented immediately. I said, I like this. North Branch knows. They know that Algonac can score eight runs in an inning. They're yeah. trying to get more. I said, this is smart. Not knowing right. that Algonac would come up in the bottom of the seventh, Reams would lead off with a single, Simpson would get hit by a pitch, DuVernay would fly out to the warning track in center for the first out, but then DeLang would get a walk, bases loaded. Thaler lined out to second. So now there's still no run scored and there's two outs. Still no run scored, but bases are loaded, and now you've got Bomarito, Thomas, and Stevenson. So you're like, mm, this game's not over yet. Uh, while Bomarito's batting, they throw a wild pitch to score a run to make it 8-1. to one. Then Bomarito chops one over the third baseman's head for a two-run single. Then Thomason singles in Bomarito from second. All of a sudden, it's 8-4. to four. Then Stevenson comes up, rakes one over the right center field fence for a two-run shot. It's 8-6. to six. Algonac's side is just going bonkers. North Branch side is going What's we won this game? We, we've dominated this game. Yeah, it, was, we, we, it was eight to nothing five minutes ago. We outplayed them for six and a half innings. What is going on here? The, and then finally, uh, they got Vossler on a pop up that touched the clouds. It was so high up in the air, the second baseman stayed with it and made the uh, the catch. And North Branch held on for an eight to six win. But it was just a weird game that. You can dominate a team for six innings, and then Algonac just turns on a switch, and they make a ball game out of it. And and um, but what I will say about and, the Muskrats, in, rejoiced. Yeah, and what I will say about the Muskrats in Game One, though, that's the worst I've seen them play defensively. Because they, they don't made make four it. errors and they just kicked it around. They don't do that. Yeah, no. Well, the bats kept going into Game Two, though. For yeah, Algonac. Uh, they jumped out quickly. They took the momentum of the bottom of the uh, seventh in game one to the top of the first in game two and scored two quick runs, walk single, single, uh, and uh, loaded the bases. After Vosser popped out, Reams drew a bases-loaded walk, and then a wild pitch scored another run. So they're up two to nothing. North Branch scored an odd run. This is a, a play, you see it all the time, but usually like it works and it's a stolen base. Yeah. But you had first and third, runner ran, DeVernay threw through, out at second, and the runner scores. So the second runner doesn't get a steal for that. Oh. They score on the throw by the catcher. Oh, I didn't know that that wasn't technical. Yeah, bo- both, both players have to make it for it to be the steal. There's another how to score with Dennis Stuckey rule. There you go. Rule. That um, that I will use now, not to give them a stolen base of home yes. if they are out at second. So it's three to two after three. Algonac is winning, and you're thinking, man, North Branch came to play today, and then D. Delang shut them down for the rest of the game, and Algonac just kept adding on. They loaded the uh, bases in the fourth. Ella Stevenson hit a bomb to left center that. Uh, Mock ran down, Jasmine Mock crashing into the fence, made the catch above the yellow. It would have been a grand slam, turned it into a sacrifice fly. But even that didn't help him because then Vossler follows up with a RBI double. Uh, later in the game, they uh, add two runs in the sixth. They tack on two more in the ninth. And Algonac ends up winning game two, going away 9-2. to two. And it's North Branch that is sloppy in this game. They make four errors. Uh, DeLang holds them to, uh, to five uh, hits. But uh, it was it was a good doubleheader. North Branch is good, folks. They're really good, and yet they're going to be 
the fourth place team in this league. Yeah. Yeah, they're six and four. And as I talked about how a clear front runner has appeared in baseball with Richmond, Richmond is now the clear front runner in softball. They are nine and one and they have one series left. Uh no, excuse, excuse me, two series left. They have to play Almont and MLA City. Almont needs a sweep. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if they do that, you could have up to a three-way tie for first. Algonac is nine and three. Almont's five and three. So Almont still has to make up six games on their schedule. Algonac just has the two left with Armada. But but all Richmond has to do is not lose more than one more game. Yes, they have one game to give away. So if they split with Almont, yippee. Go sweep Emily City, and you have your league title for what would be the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, sixth straight year. They haven't not won the BWAC since 2015. Wow. That was so long ago. I was the 2015 season, I was in high school. Yeah. That was so long ago that I don't even remember there being a 2015. Yeah, exactly. It's like seven years ago for me. Because it is seven years ago. <laughs> All right, Croslex and Emily City split yesterday. It was all Pioneers in game one, eight to one. Jaden Gumtow with uh, two more hits. Extra, I want to know what her slugging percentage is. A double and a triple. She drove in two. Uh, Julie Van Camp had two hits, drove in a run, scored twice. And Riley Robertson on the mound. Seven innings pitched, a run on six hits, three walks, five strikeouts. Uh, Olivia Livingston had two hits and uh, uh, Alexa Forty tripled in a uh, run for the uh, Spartans. They were better in game two. They won that one 11-3 with uh, 40 getting four hits, including a double, driving in two and scoring three. Jaya 40 didn't want to be outdone. She had two hits, a triple and an RBI, scored a couple of runs. Uh, Brooklyn Ross with a double, two RBIs, and Hope Schreiber had two doubles, drove in two runs, and scored Two runs in that one for the Spartans. So the cumulative score of that doubleheader was 12 to 11, and neither game was closer than seven runs. Exactly. Well, that's good quick math on the run there. I know. You don't normally see that from a guy in a teal hat. No. It's my Marlins hat. Calm (laughs) down. Armada took two from Yale. This is also something that you, you don't see a lot. Game one is the blowout. And game two is the nail-biter. Right. Usually it it goes in reverse because you see the aces in game one. At least this year it's been game one. Haley Schramm hit two triples. Yesterday was – or the last two days have been big triple days. Yes. Uh, Two triples, a run scored. Alexa Kaunaki, a double RBI run scored. Natalie Sauer, two hits, double RBI run scored. Olivia Hebb, two hits, two RBIs, two runs scored. Haley Schramm, seven innings pitched, five hits, two runs, no walks, nine Ks. For Armada to lead them to the 9-2 victory. Yale had a couple of nice performances from Emma Thompson, who had two hits and a run scored, and Madison Hiller had two hits and a run scored. And as you said, game two, Armada wins, but it's just 3-2, to two, a nail-biter. And they had to come from behind. They did have to come from behind. It was 2-1 to one until the bottom of the sixth when Armada pushed across the eventual game-winning runs. Natalie Sauer, two more hits on the day. A triple, an RBI, a run scored. There's another triple. Emma Thompson, two more hits. Marissa Honicki had a hit and an RBI for Yale as well. All right. We'll uh, take a, a deep breath, and then we'll uh, come back with our final segment in just a moment. 
Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-8700. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Hi, Chip Mortimer here. So much depends on your roof. Mortimer Lumber proudly features the Landmark Series shingle from CertainTeed Roofing. Landmark shingles come in many colors to surely enhance the look of your home. Landmark shingles offer a limited lifetime warranty, so you can be assured your roof will last for generations to come. Stop by Mortimer Lumber at 24th and Lapeer in Port Huron. Our expert staff will be glad to help answer all of your questions. Mortimer Lumber has locations in Port Huron, Emily City, Sandusky, and Bad Axe. Neiman's Family Market, located in St. Clair, is family-owned and operated and involved in the community. Neiman's has created a shopping experience providing a variety of quality products, specialty items, with superior customer service. Whatever your grocery needs are, from meats, bulk food, bakery items, produce, or even floral, Neiman's Family Market has what you will need. Entertaining? Neiman's has a full deli, and they do party trays. Check out our new mobile website and see weekly specials, coupons, and recipes. Open 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. all week long. Visit at Neiman's Family Market in St. Clair. You'll be glad you did. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 810- 987-2185. We welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. The YMCA of the Blue Water area is pleased to announce a Night of Champions Thursday, September 15th at 6 p.m. at the McMoran Arena in downtown Port Huron. Eight-time Emmy Award winner Mike Doc Emmerich will host with special guests, activities, food, and both live and silent auctions. Tickets must be purchased in advance and are available at the YMCA, 1525 3rd Street in Port Huron. Cost is $100 per person or $1,000 for a table. For more information on a Night of Champions with Mike Doc Emmerich, call the Y at 810 810- 
980-987-6400, extension 132. Having car trouble? Look no further than Marysville Goodyear. Located at 291 Range Road, Marysville Goodyear will take care of all your automotive needs. They know that just one visit to them will make you a customer for life. Whether it's a tune-up or tire rotation, consistency is the name of the game for the folks at Marysville Goodyear. Need tires? Marysville Goodyear is a certified dealer of Goodyear, Dunlop, and Kelly Tires, and they stock tires for cars, trucks, SUVs, and more. Give them a call today at 810-364-4700. Marysville Goodyear, where your satisfaction is our guarantee. Kwood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kwood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kwood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kwoodauto to make an appointment. Kwood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. And uh, you're uh, back. And uh, Brady always finds something that annoys him, but I have to agree with him. <laughs> this yeah, one. so we have we, a district the, with nobody in it. The district draws have been out for a while, and we just haven't had time in a show to talk about it. By the way, Friday, Brendan Welper joins us for the baseball draft. Uh-oh. Following, I better start doing my homework. Exactly. Following Friday, uh, I believe Callie Newberry will join us for the softball draft. So next couple of Fridays. Which I want to expand to 125 players because there are at least that many that should get drafted. So anyway, before I started um, going through all the teams, I just click on Division Two, and I'm just looking at some of the districts. And I see Baseball District 56 hosted by Harper Woods. And there's no teams in it. Not one like East Point Softball last year that got a free pass to the regional semifinals. No, literally zero teams in it. Is there any chance at all they just haven't, for some reason, gotten together and done a draw yet? Why would they not have the draw? I mean, it's, it's not like they came out yesterday. It came out last week. I was talking with... Coaches last week about them. There, it would be inexcusable. You can't host a district if you can't do a draw within the time period to do it. Because <laughs> as I understand it, you have to get together. Like they set a date for the draw, and the host school does it. And whether other schools can make it or not, that's not their problem. Because I've talked to coaches that go, hey, we need to make sure we're there so everything's on the up and up. Not that I'm accusing anyone. I'm just saying – Every coach wants to make sure they're not getting taken advantage yeah. of. But Harper Woods District doesn't have any teams listed. It doesn't say anything about there not being a draw. So that would mean no teams get through to a regional semifinal. So the winner of District 55 automatically goes to a regional 
final, which gives them an advantage because they don't have to play that Tuesday. So then they get a week rest on their arms for the regional and regional final and quarterfinal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, baseball is a, is a screwy mess because I don't like the Super Saturday thing where you can win a Region. regional the, and then play a quarterfinal in, in an hour from each other. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense. But come on. You're telling me you couldn't get two teams? Harper, it's not like Harper Woods is in the UP where you'd have to get two teams 100 miles from each other together to play. You're, you're in Harper Woods. Yeah, or you're surrounded by everybody. Get two teams, say two-team district, which isn't great, but it's better than having nothing. And I'd rather have even, – even I would take a one-team district because then it doesn't give a team a free pass to a regional final. That just irked me when I saw it. It's like, and where is Harper Woods? Because I know they have teams. It's like, yeah, it's – Like, where, where are hope, their teams? What districts hope, are they playing in? I hope it's just the draw hasn't happened. Because otherwise, that like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I I gave them a pass in COVID. I said teams dropped out. You might have had the districts made up, and schools said we're not going to do spring sports or we're not just whatever. I it was a screwy year last year. I gave them a free pass and said just say COVID, and I'll go understandable. Yeah, I mean, we had teams. I know Anchor Bay Hockey just said we're not going to play in the playoffs. Right. So you had teams like that, and I know you make your districts well in advance, so I gave them a pass. But a, a zero-team district, come on. Anyway, so we'll start with baseball and talk about the draws. We had already talked about the teams that are in them, but we have some draws, and I think they go pretty favorably, at least avoiding a huge matchup early on. Let's start with baseball district 59 hosted by Richmond. This is... The St. Clair, Richmond, Marine City, Armada, Marysville district. So the five teams they have a pre-district game, Armada and Marysville will play that Tuesday before in a pre-district game. I believe it has to be played at Richmond. So they will play that. The winner of that takes on St. Clair, which means Marine City and Richmond play in the district semifinal on the other side of the bracket. Okay. I like all these matchups. I do, too. I Like I said, I think Marysville can throw a wrench in things. Um, but, I mean, give me a Marysville-St. Clair game. I like that. Give me an Armada-St. Clair game. I like that. Can Marine City upset Richmond? Perhaps. Richmond kind of took it to them at Comerica Park. But neither team was really throwing their ace, were they? Yeah. So, so. it was treated more as an exhibition than it was as a winner-take-all game. But it sets up a possible Richmond-St. Clair championship game, which I know Marine City won a league title, but Richmond and St. Clair are probably, on paper, the two best teams in that district. Yeah, this this is one of those ones, though, like, well, Richmond really hasn't stumbled all season. But St. Clair's... Yeah, they won't, remember, they, they split two back-to-back series. Yeah, I, I don't really call race. that stumbling, but, like, St. Clair is, is kind of stumbling right now. And I would have I mean, liked to. Yeah, have, lost I would, two in a row. I would have liked to have seen this though, like a couple weeks ago when the Saints were scoring like seventeen runs a game and they were just going on all cylinders. And Richmond is Richmond. I mean, you say St. Clair's <laughs> stumbling. They've had like two bad innings in a week. 
But like for them, it's they've been stumbling. costly. Yes, for them that's stumbling. Um, they will play the winner of the Yale District, so we'll get a guaranteed team to that super regional Saturday, whatever yeah. bull crap it is. Cross Lex plays Emily City. North Branch plays Yale. First glance, you go, oh, North Branch is the favorite. They have three good pitchers. Duty, Primo, and uh, Williams, I believe. Brady Mitchell. Williams. Mitchell. 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 I think Williams. Anyway, Mitchell. Williams yeah. is Marine City. Yes. Yeah, but that's not Brady. It's uh, No. Anyway, we're getting off track. <laughs> Croslex plays Emily City. North Branch plays Yale. I think North Branch, you just from the pitching, is the favorite. But Croslex has been playing better recently. Yale's not a bad team. Emily City struggling. Croslex drew Emily City, so they get the easier semifinal. This is an interesting one to me. Well, uh, again, for me, whoever wins, great. It just means we're getting a quarterfinalist in baseball. No, a regional finalist. Two district winners and then... Play a regional semifinal. Oh, it's a semifinal. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I forget about that Tuesday game. Yes, regional <laughs> semifinal. All right, so we'll get a regional um, the other finalist. other teams in their region, in case you're curious, District 62 hosted by Birch Run, Clio, Flint Hamity, Frankenmuth, Flint Powers, Birch Run. Flint Powers has the most name recognition. I, I think we've talked about Frankenmuth maybe in the Yeah, I, I would assume that they're decent the at least, but, yeah, Powers is probably the team that – People look at that and go, yeah, they're probably the best team. Let me pull up the the coach's poll, the most recent one, which was May 11th. So we're about a week removed from that. Uh, Flint Powers came in at number 19 in the last rankings. Uh, I don't see Frankenmuth on there. So, yeah, that's probably the favorite in that district. And then the other one that will meet up in the other regional semifinal will be one of Arthur Hill, Bridgeport, Carlton, Swan Valley, or Saginaw High. And uh, I don't see any of them on first glance in there. So probably a Flint Powers team would be playing in a, in a regional final against one of our local teams. Okay. Which isn't like last year where whoever got out of the Marysville district went, <laughs> there's Orchard Lake, have fun. Yeah. Uh, that was laying lambs to a slaughter. Yeah. And St. Clair had a good team last year. Marysville, Marine City all had good teams last year. And you just you just know. Um, anyway, that's Division Two. Division Three gets a little wonky. We talked about how Algonac goes up and down. And for, for baseball, they are up. And I believe the district is hosted by Brown City. Let me double check. Um, but I know they go north for baseball, and I love that the MHSA search function doesn't work when I need it to. <laughs> of course it does. It's, it's, it's worked before, so why would it break now? Um, anyway, so, yeah, the smaller schools, because Richmond's up in D2 this year, so they're not going to meet Algonac. And why? Oh, this is softball. Why is this on softball? Um Jeez, I, I'm doing really well right now. <laughs> I am doing really well. But anyway, Richmond's up in D2. Because remember, that's who Algonac lost to in a district final a year ago. So they won't get them. And why can't I find anything just I need to find? It just doesn't want you to. It just doesn't. I'm sorry, 
D3 baseball districts. I want to talk about your pairings, and here we go. I think I found it. Um, it looks like it's hosted. Nope, not that. So it would be the only one I haven't checked, and of course, District 96 is there, hosted by Brown City. Almont Algonac is a pre-district game. Interesting. They play New Haven. Less interesting. Less interesting. The other side is Brown City, Memphis. Brown City's had a nice year. They're playing on home soil, and as you saw, they have the pitching. Yeah, they'll, they'll be the favorite against uh, Memphis. Just well, we had Mike Gallagher on last yeah. show, and um, so you'll probably, I would think. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing anything, but I would go on Algonac Brown City final. I would favor Algonac, but again. Brown City, Stanley just threw a no-hitter against a tough Marlette lineup. So, you know, it's not a slam dunk, but I just like Alkanak against those teams. Dennis, I really hope this district just hasn't drawn its district yet because District 89 doesn't have a team in it, and that's one of the four teams in Alkanak's region. Or one of the four districts. Well, that's good. That's good for Algonac or Brown City or Memphis or whoever comes out of there. No. Or Alma. No, because the winner of District 90, Detroit Loyola, Hope Detroit Academy, Ecoys, Detroit Crystal Ray, Detroit Central, Detroit Collegiate Prep wouldn't play a regional semifinal game. Good. They'll be rusty. They'll make errors. They won't be ready to yeah. go. Which, by the way, it, I'm, I'm really hoping they just haven't drawn yet, and that's why it's not up there. But if that's the case, put that on the site saying they haven't drawn yet. And move three of those teams to the other district. Why do you have a 16 district if you have a zero team district on the other side? Anyway, so that's there. And then in Division Four, Mooney gets to play some thumb teams because they always flip-flop whether they go up to, like, pack – and that area, I believe it's, I believe Peck hosts, and I think Mayville hosts the um, possible. Yeah, and what uh, last year they went to Parkway Christian. Yeah, that's where they played the that super or the no, it was the that semifinal game that I went to. So Cardinal Mooney is coming up to KPAC actually is where it's hosting the district. It's K-Pack, Pack in one semifinal, Cardinal Mooney, Dryden in the other. And, and and again, nothing against any of those schools, but Mooney's the team to beat. Mooney's and, been playing. And until somebody beats them, I'm picking Mooney. Mooney's been playing top-tier schools all year. Yeah. Um, Marlette is in a district with Genesee, Mayville, Genesee Christian, and Kingston. Sorry, Marlette. I wish I could tell you more about your district, but I don't know a whole lot about that. I think Kingston is probably pretty good. And wasn't Genesee Christian good last year? Uh, weren't they? Weren't they one that uh, they thought? Oh, wasn't no, it? Uh, that was, was that was that was Adrian Lenaway. Oh, and Adrian Lenaway Christian. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that that we were told was really good, and then there was a ten nothing game. Yes. <laughs> So those two teams would meet, so we could have a Marlette Mooney regional semifinal. Okay, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. That would be in Mayville. Let's go over to softball, and we'll – oh, sorry. Should have given Division One. I. I can't believe I skipped Port here on High and Port here on Northern. How could I forget about – Dennis, how do you let me do that? 
Because you're just doing your thing over there, and you were yelling at your computer, and I didn't want to get in the way. Well, we got started because we tar- talked about the empty district that made yeah. me mad. So, Division One. apologies to Port Huron High and Port Huron Northern. They are in Anchor Bay. Port Huron has to play a pre-district game against Lance Cruz, which it l- it's listed as being played at Port Huron High on that Tuesday before. So, winner of that plays Anchor Bay. Northern plays Lance Cruz North. And then that would be the final. There's no Dakota. We know Anchor Bay is a damn good ball team. But this is a district if Northern gets the pitching, could win. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to hedge right now that, it, yeah, Anchor Bay, Northern are the top two teams. Lance Cruz North's good, too. Yeah. That's not an easy semifinal. It would be a tough road, but it's doable. Did, did what? Uh, what did Northern do with Lance? That that was the one where they had the unfinished game, right? That was Lance Cruz. Yeah, against Lance, Lance Cruz. Lance Cruz North is who they play in the semifinal. Yeah, so they haven't played Lance Cruz North yet okay. this year. So that's the rest of baseball for softball. We'll start with Port here on High and Port here on Northern, so I don't forget them <laughs> because I would hate hate to do that again. And they, I believe, go back to Anchor Bay. Or no, it's actually in Lance Cruz North. And, oh, wait, no, they mixed it up on me. Lance Cruz and Lance Cruz North aren't even in the same district as Port Huron and Port Huron High. The Port Huron area schools go to Romeo. Okay. Port Huron Northern plays Romeo in game one. Winner plagues Ike and Anchor Bay plays Port Huron in the other semifinal. That's a tough draw for Port here on and Port here on Northern. Yeah, but yeah, you know what? Uh, th- those teams aren't invincible. But again, we're talking about young teams, uh, and I just don't think this is the time right now for these two teams. Al- although, again, we talked about it earlier with the the Ramos and Shannon Falco and some of the other young players at Northern in, in a in a year or two. Give me this draw, and I'll be really excited. Right. All right, to Division Two, um, the Marysville District. St. Clair plays Armada. Marysville plays Marine City. This is just a fun district this every will, year. Those will be three really fun games, and I don't know. I don't know. I, St. Clair's the favorite right now because they've beaten Marysville twice. Have they played Marine City? Yes. Yes. Way early in the season. Yes, uh, on a cold and rainy day, and I was uh, there, and I can't tell you what happened. I think St. Clair won, but it was so long ago, it would be irrelevant to this game. And Armada split with Marysville. I don't know. Fun district. They play the winner of the Notre Dame Prep District, which is Cranbrook, Notre Dame Prep, Lampfear, and Lutheran North. I'm assuming Notre Dame Prep's getting through. Yale is hosting a softball district again, except it's Yale, Crosslex, MLA City, Goodrich. Yale plays Goodrich, Crosslex plays MLA City. I don't know what Goodrich is, but if Crosslex keeps playing the way they have, or if MLA City... Yeah, they just split with MLA City, and and we'd learn nothing because they blew each other out. Right. I think that's a district up for grabs. They would likely play Country Day in a regional semifinal that they both go to play... And where is, I believe it's at Country Day, which kind of sucks. Yeah, they have AstroTurf, too. That's a long ways to go. But that's where we have, now Division Three, the the really fun one. Do you want me to start with 
Algonac side of the bracket, or do you want me to start? Well, Algonac side isn't that fun, though. Like, they don't play anybody from around so, here, do they? No. That's the interesting part. Algonac hosts through the region. So they host the district. They're hosting the region. And I believe the quarterfinals at, like, Adrian College or some, somewhere down there. I'll double check. But their district, they play Clintondale. So three innings later, they'll be in the finals. <laughs> the other side of the bracket is it's so true though. Bishop Foley Clawson, and then the winner of that plays Madison. And, and poor Bishop Foley six and Clawson. Six innings later, they'll be district champs. Bishop Foley and Clawson are literally like five minutes apart from each other, and they'll have to drive all the way to Algonac to play each other. It'd be like Marysville and Port here on high playing a playoff game in like Warren. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> so, although it, yeah, it says the pre district game is scheduled to be at Algonac. So, I don't know. But, so you go, okay, that's the district. There's a two team district on the other side in a regional semifinal Canton Prep and Dearborn Heights Robichaud. I don't know if either of those two teams are good. I will tell you I have not heard that they are, and usually by this point in the year, you know who the really good teams yeah. are. And when we've looked at the D3 coaches poll, they haven't really come up. The other side of the region, so this would be who they – one of these teams is who Algonac could potentially play in a district or a regional final. Detroit Collegiate Prep, Detroit Central, Hope Academy of Detroit, Detroit Edison, Detroit Crystal Ray. That's one district. The other district, Detroit Osborne, Detroit Pershing, Detroit Southeastern, Gross Point Woods, Liggett. Now, Liggett's the one name that jumps out, but I don't think many PSL schools are that great. No, I mean, at, Edison could be okay. Edison usually has some. They'll have athletes. In basketball, they do, but yeah. who knows if they play softball if they're off playing travel basketball. I don't know enough about that. Gross Point Woods Liggett is the brand name that jumps out to you. But, Dennis, there's not a name in there you go, ooh, that's going to be a tough one. And you get to stay at home through all of it? You kidding me? And here's the uh, other thing. Like, it's Algonac. And people outside of our area don't know about Algonac. They, they go, Algonac, whatever. And they don't take it seriously. By the and way, I'm the being, quarterfinal is at Adrian. Yeah, and, and I'm being serious about this. Like, nobody knows where Algonac is outside of Algonic. the area. Yeah, yeah the Algonic or, or whatever. So they don't know what's coming. They don't know the storm they're entering into. <laughs> right. Especially if they're not very plugged in and they go, oh, there's, there's a swamp at. Yeah. The muskrats? Yeah. What? Yeah, what what is this? And and they and they they walk on the field not knowing that they're about to get hit with a buzzsaw. Exactly. So that's the path for Algonac. I know this has been a long segment, but we have a lot to talk about. Here's the path for either Almont or Richmond, and it's both good and bad that they're in the same district. Good, have a really fun, possibly district title game. Bad, one team's eliminated the first day of the playoffs. Almont has to play New Haven in a pre-district game. Yeah. <laughs> so Almont will play Memphis in a semifinal, and then Richmond plays Auburn Hills Oakland Christian. I'm going to guess it's Almont-Richmond in the finals. I am that, too. If I had to 
make a bet on it or something, and I had to put my reputation on the line, Elmont Richmond in the finals. Once you go, okay, that's a war. That's a knockdown, drag out, round three war, which we haven't even gotten round one of. Yeah, that'll yet. be Monday. So, which brings up an interesting point. If you're Almont, and you, well, I guess you still have a chance at a league title, so you still want to, but do you kind of not slow roll, but hold back? Maybe not throw McLean? I I I I think you gotta go with what you gotta go with, and, and the same with Richmond. If if you're Richmond, you have the luxury where a split Monday doesn't hurt you, right? So, do but you, you do still want to win a game. You right. don't want to get swept. So do you do something where okay, you throw Piper Clark game one, and if you lose, then you put Shoeboy out there for the must win, and then if you win. You don't have to throw shoe boy against a potential district opponent. Same with Elmont. Yeah. Maybe you put I don't know, I Demel just, out. And I just don't think back. Howard Stewart is wired that way, and and I don't think that uh, Coach Johnson and well, and the and the staff at give you Elmont are wired that way either. To something that happened similarly last year, Algonac and Richmond were the last series of the BWAC. Richmond needed to win two, and they needed help from somewhere else to split the league title. They didn't throw Ben Hitzelberger against Algonac. They got swept by Algonac. But guess what? They went and played a district game and beat Algonac in Algonac with Hitzelberger on the mound. I bet you there's not a whole lot of people that remember the regular season sweep. They remember Richmond playing at Michigan State. Yeah, I I know, but I just... And again, you could make the argument: How much does that really affect things? But just some some. It's it's and it's a little different in softball because girls can throw both games on the same day, and it's you know like I I get it in baseball where you do have to plan it out because there is a pitch count and there is you know when you can throw guys and that softball just a little bit different to me. Uh, I mean, you know, just food for thought. Yeah. Anyway. The winner of that district would take on the winner of District 89, which why they don't know, why the district winner of 89 takes on the district winner of 92, I don't know. Why don't you just make all the districts and then go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7? Well, I don't know. It might be travel or whatever. But just anyway. I, I, again, it, it you're, 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 at, you're asking the guy that uh, anyway, I'm not in that room. District I don't 89, Perry, <laughs> Bath, Leslie, Stockbridge. Not sure about a lot. None of those names I, jump I, off I the page. I think Perry is usually a pretty solid program. Bath, I think, has a decent record, but that's nothing that jumps off the page. Um, and then the other side of the region has Lanesburg, Durand, Ovid, Elsie, Byron. That's one. And the other one is Mount Morris, Otisville, Lakeville, Flint, Hamity, Burton, Bendel, and Burton, Bentley. Yeah, now the first one you mentioned, those are four teams that are good programs. Yes, yeah, so the boogeyman of Millington wouldn't come until a quarterfinal, which would be a huge one, but maybe not the worst thing. By the way, the region for that would be hosted at Mount Morris. Okay. And then, as I said, the quarterfinal would potentially be Millington. I haven't looked at who the quarterfinal would be for Algonac, but... I imagine it would be someone good. You don't get to a quarterfinal usually yeah. by accident. But there is a, a chance of an Algonac 
Richmond or Almont semifinal. Which There's a lot that has to happen. It's not a shoe in, but there is a chance. And I would say enough of a chance that it warranted us mentioning it because I Algonac's the favorite to get to a quarterfinal out of that region. Now, to ask a group of girls to win four games in a row in any situation is never a foregone conclusion. But their road is much easier than Richmond or Almont's. Specifically, I don't know who they'd meet in a quarterfinal game. I just know it's not Millington. And I'm good with that. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. So that's, yeah, that's the big, the big one. Um, it looks like they would play whoever comes out of the Sand Creek Regional, and I have no idea any of these teams. Um, Jackson Lumen Christie's in there, Monroe St. Mary, uh, is Onstead, that's a name that seems that jumped out. Uh, but Blissfield, Clinton, Sand Creek, like way down south, yeah, is where they would meet up with. Like they go basically to the Ohio border where the baseball team goes to the tip of the thumb. <laughs> Well, they're kind of in no man's land. They are. So, real quick, uh, you want me to go over Division Four? Yeah, just, uh, just since we've gone out everywhere else. Um, Division Four, the districts will be hosted by. Why is it not popping up? Um, do 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 do. Here we go. K-Pack is hosting both baseball and softball. Uh, K-Pack, Dryden, Burton, Atherton, and Genesee. So, K-Pack, different group. For softball, uh, Ubley hosting a district. Carson, Millport, Sanilac, Deckerville, Ubley, Harbor Beach, and Kingston, Peck, Mayville. And then the winner of those three would play either Marlette or Brown, Brown City. So that must mean Mooney goes south in softball yeah. instead of north in baseball. And Mooney plays Parkway Christian. Uh, somewhere, somehow, Mooney and Parkway Christian in some sport have to play each other in a playoff game. It's it's just a thing. It's like a ritual. <laughs> yeah. And K-Pac, remember, was a district winner last year because yes. they played Richmond in the regionals. Yes, they did. So just throwing that out there as well. Got anything else? I don't. Long episode, but a good episode, I think. Uh, rain is coming, so maybe games We don't tonight? know about today, but uh, if there is, I'll be at Marysville for Marysville PH Game 2 in their baseball series. All right, sounds good. I'll be at Northern for Game 2 between Lakeview and Northern. Tomorrow I'll be at Frazier Marine City. Made the switch after St. Clair lost the first two games. Have a chance at Marine City clinching a league title. Got to be there for that. And you will have Port Huron High Northern in softball. All right. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.